Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today, at the beginning of 2021, we're going to talk about the management buzzwords for 2021. And these are phrases that I read about at the end of last year, and I thought it'd be interesting for us to talk about it in terms of our experience and whether we've seen buzzwords be introduced for each year in terms of management. Certainly, we've seen repetition of management principles and management approaches over our extensive years of experience. I'm not going to say how many years anymore. Plenty <laughs> of years of experience. Yeah. Not even the combined years am I going to talk about. <laughs> so the buzzwords that I read about, or the buzz phrases, I guess, that I read about for 2021. Now, this is the person who wrote the article is saying, these are the things that will be important in 2021. The first one is leading with emotional intelligence. Second one is care and accountability. And the third one is powering up virtual communications. None of them, to me, are groundbreaking. Or no, different. I'm new, they're not even new. <laughs> So let us talk about leading with emotional intelligence, first of all. Now, in a previous couple of podcasts, in fact, uh, many years ago now, 2016, I think, we did a couple of case studies on emotional decision-making. I think that really this is just an extension of that. Actually, for me, it seems to be just a reflection of the fact that you have to be mindful of people's situations now because their, their work and home life balance and responsibilities have changed in terms of what they can and can't do with the restrictions that are still in place for many, many countries about how they work and, and how they live. I think with the emotional intelligence, it's been one of the leadership key ingredients for success as a leader forever, really. I think the word emotional intelligence came in a few years back when we're talking about being empathetic, listening to people, thinking about the, the situation and not just an order and execution. That, that's not a leader, not leadership at all. And I believe that there's been many examples where you could differentiate a leader by their emotional intelligence. The leader with emotional intelligence is able to have followers. And those people will follow because they understand, they feel part of the decision-making, they feel part of their contribution matters and their bit that they, they are making a difference in whatever they contribute To me, yes, I very much support emotional intelligence and it does make a big difference and it's going to be a buzzword if you like. It's more than a buzzword. It's an actual behaviour, action taken by consciously by people who maybe not as strong at it to go ahead and practice it more and more find out more about it and see the difference it makes to a richer leadership. I think for me, emotional intelligence is about the person, the leader themselves, being aware of their own emotions, so being intelligent about their emotions in any situation. So it's not just about the touchy-feely stuff, but it's about the fact that you are you intelligently understand that in certain situations you react a certain way so you feel a certain emotion in certain situ situations mm -hmm. and you know what you do to manage so that you maintain your leadership in those situations it's about obviously being emotionally intelligent is understanding your team and your co-workers and your boss 
and anyone else that you interact with, your customers, your clients, your strategic partners, what, whatever it is, that you, you bring intelligent understanding into all of those relationships. I think the word emotion and emotional is one that could be misused, misinterpreted, and, and be quite negative in, in some situations or, or perceived as being a negative thing. You know, oh, he's weak. He's, you know, mm. that was, it engenders some emotion in the person that you're talking about or talking to. Yeah. So emotional intelligence to me is a much broader phrase than anything that, that I would like to, to pinpoint specifically. But, but in terms of leadership, I think what it means for me is that, that when you are in a position where you are leading and you are self-aware, so you understand how you're going to feel, not only in the situation, but it's afterwards, which we've talked about many times, it's beforehand, you know, it's, it's the build-up, it's the, the event, it, it's the, the aftermath, but that you broaden that out so that your understanding of any situation, of any activity, of any work that you're doing encompasses everyone involved in that and that's what I see as leading with emotional intelligence is that you are situationally aware I would like to, to put it in those terms rather than talk about emotional intelligence which you know to me sounds like it would really be able to go down the path of well I understand how you feel in this way situation but just do it anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I, I see how you feel, but I don't care. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> rather than talk about emotional intelligence, I would like to talk about situational awareness. Because that's that wasn't very intelligent if you did it that way. <laughs> Sorry, you had two other buzzwords, and I also want to add um, a, another three because I've been hearing them. So we'll cover yours and then we'll keep, keep going. So the next one is care and accountability, which I think... It really is the same thing, just expressed in a different way. I honestly can't see any difference. If you're emotionally intelligent or situationally aware, you know, yeah. it's targets and goals, then you will show care and, and you will take accountability. Once again, it's not just in the leadership role, it's in the team member role, it's any role that you're in. That framework of thinking about what you're doing is care and accountability. So again, for me, it comes back to situational awareness. I agree. I think the care and accountability every single person because you can't say and you have to be accountable to whatever, whether you're doing something you not or the way you're doing it or not doing something or not doing anything and the impact that has. It just, you can't sit back and say, well, it's not my issue. It's not me. I'm not, that's not in my position you have to be accountable with the effect you have on the team by even if you don't turn up for work the impact of that is is somebody else have to pick up your bits and pieces so caring about yourself and others and with others I mean everyone whether it is your colleagues your friends your family your shareholders your customers you have to care and be accountable. Otherwise, you're not an effective member of anything. The next one is powering up virtual communications. And I will say that I wrote down, as I said, I wrote down these buzzwords at the end of last year. And I thought, well, you know, isn't that what happens now that everyone has had to take on different ways of, of communicating and doing things virtually? 
And it wasn't until, in fact, last Saturday, so four days ago from when we're recording this, that it came home to me what it really meant because I was involved on a committee in a decision that had to be made about an activity that was due to have physical activity that was due to happen that we needed to make the decision to cancel. Without thinking about it, I, I offered the committee the opportunity to have the activity virtually. And I thought this was a, a natural progression of what was being done. But I could see by the looks on the faces, even through Zoom, that this, you know, the eyes glazed over and it was, how are we going to do this? You know, at, and part of it was that they would have to give me the power to run the activity on my own. And they're not a group that are good at uh, handing over power or delegating. <laughs> So, you know, there was some hesitation about that. I know not, not verbally, but in the back of their minds, it was, oh, you know, she'll be in charge. You know, we won't have control. I'm not comfortable with this. Not that they don't want me to do it because they do, because they don't want to do it themselves, <laughs> but they, they don't want to hand over the control. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the loss of control that is the, the emotion that's running them at the moment. So it was interesting to me because over the past 12 months, obviously, they've, they've taken on some of the virtual stuff. They've had, had to cancel all of their activities, physical activities, for the past 12 months. And that's a big change for them from anything that they've done. That, that's what they rely, rely on, that personal interaction with the people that, that come to these activities. They haven't had that. They've had to work out a way to be able to do that. Some of the things that they've tried haven't worked because they, they won't take on the technology as fully as they should to make them work. Yeah. But my challenge in this this virtual powering up of their virtual uh, communications is to make it work better for them, not to make it work perfectly, not to let them take it on as a, a wonderful thing, but to just make it work enough so that they can take the next step. And so I think that for me, uh, the powering up of virtual communications has really been solidified by that experience of having to think specifically for an organisation that has dragged itself, and they, they said it themselves last year, that, that I have dragged them into the 21st century, and now I need to drag them just a little bit further into 2021. Yeah. I, I think with a group like that, I think it's almost you've got to do it by saying... The advantages is one thing, but the fun and the flexibility and all those points that most people now adapting to technology will see straight away and, and live it that way. But for a group that is more reluctant technologically, <laughs> I think it's the, the more to, to have fun with it and, and show them more and more about how it's easy and it's fun and it is convenient. All of that will work, but my biggest concern and the thing that I have to address is the loss of control. Right. Because I, and I think that that's probably something that happens in all other organisations as well. Right. Um, whether they're not-for-profit or for-profit, is yeah. that the powering up of the virtual communications does change the control. And we talked about it in a previous podcast yeah. when we talked about the change in the leadership role mm. and how that has changed because there's not the physical reinforcement of hierarchy in an organisation because you're not all in the one place. So I think the, the yeah. virtual communications falls into that category as well. There's not the same reinforcement of power and control 
And so I need to be able to address that change in control by showing them that they're not losing control. All I'm doing is their bidding. They want to yes. interact with these people. I'm yeah. going to provide them a way that they can do that even though yeah. they won't be there in person. And yeah. that's all that's changing is that they they won't be doing it in person. All I'm giving them by powering up this virtual communication is the means to do the things that they would have done had they been there in person. And so they're not losing control of the activity. They're no. just handing over the process of communication to me. So it's the method of delivery that changed, not their uh, yeah. input and power and whatever they have now. Right. That's so not being affected. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, that in, in terms of any organisation, that's an interesting approach yeah. to take is to look at what is it that they feel, what is it, why, what emotion is driving them to object yes. to what you're doing and, and how can you minimise that emotional reaction? So, you know, we talked about emotional intelligence and about situational yes. awareness. So for me, being situationally aware is that I acknowledge that their issue is the loss of control yeah. and I address that. I don't, I don't address the fact that I can do all of this and I can take away the worry yeah. and it'll be great. It will be great fun for them and that comes into it right. because what I reinforce is that they're still in control and so they can have fun with it. Yeah. So I'm going to do this for you so you can do this. Hmm. So we're up to your words and your phrases now. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the phrases that I've got, one is pain point, they're using the pain point, I'll go into that in a minute, pivot and agile. So with the pain point, it's problem in a business, when they're talking about it, they're talking about a problem in a business or customer experience, which is hurting the business as a result of it. And referring to issues as pain point, they're emphasizing that it is an issue, it's causing us pain, but we can solve it. We can find a solution. So in conversations in corporate, I'm hearing that, and it's probably been said well before the last 12 months and going into the next 12 months. So pain point, and uh, I could almost feel it, and that's the idea, I think, and that's how it come about is my guess, yeah. So, again, it's an emotion that they're painting the picture of an emotion. My concern with it is that... The focus seems to be, from, from the places I've heard, the focus seems to be that it's the customer's pain point that's not necessarily a problem for ours, even though it, it affects us in some way. We're not feeling the same emotion as they are. And so there's less commitment to from the organisation. If it's a customer pain point in a process, less commitment from the organisation because we don't feel the same pain as they do we don't feel it on the same level we, we don't feel the same emotion yeah so depending on how focused they are on on their customer relation proving that process they can identify it yeah. but in identifying it it doesn't give them any commitment to fixing it right so if you use that word if you use that pain point you know i've got this pain point here it's like saying i've got a headache but there's no fixing there's no and there's no sharing of the responsibility and so there's less commitment to seeing it as a, an issue for both sides of, mm. of, the, of the, the interaction. I, I, I think the way I'm hearing it, it's, it's a bit more about 
we know it's a pain point. So we've identified something and that pain point could be within our employee or it could be internal or external. And the pain point is then taking us to what's causing it and what's the effect it's having and then what's the solution. So it's it's more saying it's... Um, it's like in the past when they say oh, it's the hot button or you know we're talking buzzwords and and that came to mind the other one is agile and pivot agile in business is really being flexible enough and agile literally what it means and move around to get things done so at the moment, we this is our plan, our long-term plan, and this is what we're going to do, and this is our marketing strategy, this is our finance strategy, etc. But guess what? With COVID in particular, and they, something happened outside totally unexpected, and now you have to be nimble enough, agile enough to work on what here and now and how we need to fix it. I think with that one, it's, it's again, it's internal and external. It's a bit, an example is with our people can't come to work. So technology, work from home. Our customers are buying things differently. Their priority has changed. So my whole plan for the business was to create income and, and reach the targets by selling X, Y, and Z and selling it this way. Well, guess what? That's not priority for anyone. There's no customers lining up for that. So that's the agile. And then the word pivot is another way. Again, it's saying being able to pivot in not completely change directions, but maybe pivot to the left or to the right or whatever. And move again and again and again. And it's all driven by what's happening and the customer or shareholders, customer, and staff, what's happening? So I need to be quick to respond. I need to be flexible. And I need to constantly change in very short period of time. Situational awareness. Arrest yes. my case. Yes. My past <laughs> 2021 is situational awareness. The thing is, I think that the whole thing is like throughout the <laughs> eternity um these words but because they're not bad actually because sometimes it's sort of like people can identify them and know it's the same as uh, talking about whether the figures are going south you know or whatever terminology we used in the past but anyway so this is the buzzwords at the moment and this is maybe how they came about and how useful they are i think it's a good thing to have a look at them and to have a think about them certainly you know in the floral art world we have a Every year a colour comes out. It's called the Pantone Colour of the Year. Mm. And that's supposed to be the, the trending colour for that year. And it's not, it's, it's the same thing. It's not that we don't know that there's that colour around because everyone knows that the range of colours there are that, that can be used. But what it does is focuses our thinking on that particular colour. And so the same with these buzzwords in management. It focuses your thinking about how it affects your organisation. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for our workday, for our long-term plan, for, for any of those things? And so it's a good exercise to go through and have a look and to do a bit of research and see what people are saying are the buzzwords for this year and have you and your team think about them and, and what it means to the organisation and to be situationally aware. I'm going to get that word in every time I can now. <laughs> to be aware of the current environment and the environment that you're in business-wise and how those things might affect the thinking of your organisation. 
we've covered buzzwords for 2021. You need to know nothing more. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more, but <laughs> so long as you are situationally aware. <laughs> All right, I won't say it again. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. <laughs>